Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to one of the most content-rich conversations we have ever produced, episode number 106 with Mike Lonzetta. Mike is a Hall of Fame Cutco sales rep who has evolved into an inspirational coach and speaker with a powerful community called Breakthrough XP. Mike has studied coaching concepts under such luminaries as Tony Robbins and Brendan Burchard, and he speaks from a depth of experience and wisdom. In this short snippet, we hone in on three strategies that Mike shares to break through challenge and gain certainty. Specifically, Mike will expound upon the concepts of focus, meaning, and behavior. How can we learn to direct our focus during challenging times? How can we choose an empowering meaning for anything that happens in our life? And how do we put focus and meaning into practice in order to develop habitual behaviors that will lead us to what we want? Mike covers these important questions in this flashback episode today, and I know you will get tremendous value from this short listen. This one is too good not to share, so please pass this along to others in your network today. You can also consider supporting one of our sponsors by visiting changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. You'll find deals there for Organifi, something I use all the time, as well as Brain Fuel and Good Weather Wine, which were founded and run by Cutco Vector alums. To hear more from Mike Lonzetta, remember to revisit our full conversation at episode number 106 or Mike's second feature-length conversation with me at episode number 242. I've had a chance to see you in action in the past as a speaker, and, uh, and I know that there are some fundamentals that you teach people. Let's start by talking about this idea of focus and why is it important for people to learn to direct their focus? One primary reason is because it's, it's controlling a significant amount of our life. Focus has natural laws. Uh, and natural laws, just like gravity, they affect mm-hmm. us whether or not we ever learn about these laws. Right. And, you know, so one of those laws, for example, is what we focus on, we feel. And so, for example, you know, your feet might be touching the ground right now or the inside of your shoes. And there's a very good chance you weren't actually feeling your feet touching the ground or the inside of your shoes until our focus went there, until I brought it up. Right. Right. You feel that right now? Yes. One of my feet is flat on the ground. The other one is kind of uh, leaning on the base of my chair. <laughs> nice, I, nice. I hadn't, hadn't thought about that, though, until, uh, <laughs> until you brought it up. Right. Right. And do you happen to have something in your hand right now? Yes. What is it you have in your hand? A pencil. Pencil. Are you holding it like you write with it? Not exactly. Okay. If you were to hold it like you write with it, can you notice how it touches each finger individually? Not just your hand in general, but specifically each finger. You feel yes. That? Yes. Okay. Can you feel the weight of the pencil? Yes. 
Can you feel the texture, the rubbery or plasticky texture? Definitely. Well, where'd your feet go? (laughs) (laughs) I was not thinking about my feet right there. Yeah. Yeah. So because we were focused on your hand, that's what you were feeling. That's what you were experiencing as your reality. What we focus on is what we experience as our reality. Mm. What we focus on, we feel. And what we feel, we experience as reality. How do people master this element of their mental game directing their focus? It's really going to be the questions we ask ourselves more than anything. It's also going to be the stimulus. You know, what are we reading? What are we watching? What are we listening to? Uh, what's in our environment? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? Who are the conversations we're having? What's in those conversations? Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the questions, the quality of our questions equals the quality of our life. And, you know, unfortunately for most people, they're, when we get caught up in fear, it, it kind of cycles into more fearful questions. And the brain's just like Google. We type a certain type of question in, it's going to give a certain type of answer. And so when we ask these kind of, when you think of cause and effect, when, when most people are thinking of being affected, um, that's the questions they're kind of asking. They're asking, why is this happening to me? Why can't I figure this out? When will we ever get through this? And a lot of those questions lead to very debilitating answers. Whereas we can be more on the cause side of cause and effect, asking more empowering questions like, you know, how is this serving me? What can I be doing with this? Um, what can I be learning from this? What is, what am I meant to learn from this? Or what is this teaching me? Or how can I solve this? You know, the more we can ask those types of questions and we can put ourselves on the cause side of that equation, the more we empower ourselves. One thing that really, I think, trips people up is when they catch themselves having a a negative focus, they tend to think of themselves, think to themselves, you know, stop thinking that. Okay, stop thinking that. And, you know, we can't not focus on something. If I would have kept saying, don't feel your feet, don't feel your feet, you would have kept feeling your feet. Right. So we had to shift the focus and we shift our focus by asking those better questions and we got to ask them more often. That was insightful what you said about you can't not focus on something. So it's not about trying to avoid having negative thoughts. It's about recognizing negative thoughts. It's about recognizing things that are not constructive for us and replacing those thoughts with a question that steers our focus towards a solution. So, Mike, the concept of choosing empowering meaning for anything that happens to us, right? The idea of how we define meaning for the things that occur. This is one of my most important core philosophies. You know, how does someone put this into practice in their daily life? I like to share a story that for me really hit home with this concept of meaning. And Mm -hmm. and my hope here is that when people hear this story, it, it just the meaning, so to speak, of meaning means that much more to them. So the story is of a, a man who was a drug addict who went to rob a liquor store. He didn't want to hurt anyone. He just wanted money for his drugs. A customer tackled him from behind to stop the robbery. And this man who didn't want to hurt anyone, he panicked, he turned around, he killed the customer. And now this addict is now a murderer and he went to prison for life. He had two young sons and those two young sons were first met with uh, by a guy named Earl Nightingale who spoke some truth and positivity into them and helped them out. But eventually, Earl had to move on. And 30 years later, he thought to himself, I wonder what happened to those two young boys. I'm going to look them up and pay them a visit. So he visits one son on one side of the country, locked up in a federal penitentiary for armed robbery and assault with a deadly weapon. He goes and visits another son on the other side of the country, living in a beautiful home with a beautiful family, working his dream job. And he interviews both sons in person. At the end of the interview, he asks them, 
why do you think you turned out this way? And both sons, without knowing the response of the other, gave the same answer. They both said, well, with a father like mine, how else could I have turned out? Hmm. Wow. One was focusing on, well, look at my life experience. Look at my dad with a father like mine. How else could I have turned out? And the meaning he gave to it was, I'm just like him. I can't be anything else. It's in my blood. It's in my DNA, man. I'm a criminal. How could I be anything else? The other son focused on, well, look at my dad. How else could I have turned out? The meaning he gave it to it was, I would never let myself become like that man. I was going to do everything in my power to give everything I could to my family that he never gave us. And those led to very different paths in their lives, even though they had the same conditions they started with. The conditions of our life does not determine our destiny or our destination in life. It's the decisions we have that respond to these conditions that really determines our destiny. It's not the conditions that determine our destiny. It's it's our decisions in response to these conditions that determines our destiny, especially this decision of meaning. Wow. That story is so compelling. And I think that anybody can ponder that story and think about how that applies to you. I think about the idea of, of feeling fear, for example, but I think it's unrealistic, just like we were talking about earlier with like always being positive. It's unrealistic to say to somebody, oh, you'll never have any fear, right? But when they feel fear to be able to quickly acknowledge that as long as they're not doing something life-threatening, right? Right, right. To say, hey, I'm quickly, I'm getting myself into a spot where my comfort zone is going to grow, right? Mm. I'm about to have a challenge that's going to help me learn, right? Mm. I remember being taught the affirmation of fear is my friend many, huh. many years ago, right? And, huh. and or feel the fear and do it anyway, right? Like I still remember hearing those kinds of things and, and just reminding myself whenever I get into one of these situations, right? The meaning I'm giving to it is it's an opportunity. It's growth. This is why I came here. This is why I took on this job or this is why I took on this challenge was so I would actually have these experiences. It's good, not bad, right? These are all ways of us choosing much more empowering meanings for the things that come up. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mike, the end result of learning how to direct our focus and how to choose empowering meanings is hopefully so that something good happens in our life, right? That our behaviors are improved, that our actions are improved. That, that we move more towards, you know, being who we want to be and doing the things we want to do. And so let's unpack that, this concept of behavior a little bit. And, you know, how can we train our behaviors during this kind of a time? It is spot on, Dan. We create patterns of focus, meaning, and behavior. We focus on something, then we give it a meaning, then that creates a behavior. That behavior then becomes habits. Those habits create a direction. And that direction leads us to a certain destination, our destiny in life. And with certain results and every moment we're consciously or unconsciously choosing what to focus on, what does it mean and our behavior and response to that meaning and our habits and patterns around focus, meaning and behavior set the paths for our lives and our perceptions for how we experience reality. And there's three parts that really form our behavior, psychology, biology, and sociology. So when I think about psychology, I think about And especially really when I think about behavior, I'm thinking, what am I doing with my behavior that's feeding my focus and feeding my meaning? And so when I talk about psychology, I think about what is it that I can control? Because again, it's about focusing more on what we can control. And the thing I can control more than anything is my state, my mental and emotional state. 
And we can do that by, con- by controlling three primary parts of state, our physiology, our mental focus, what we're thinking about, and also the language patterns. And so when I'm using more of an open and up physiology, like the Superman post, for example, I'm going to feel better. If I'm more of in a closed down physiology, even if that's just looking down at my phone for too long, I'm going to feel worse. So it's about being more mindful of our physiology. Also, when we talk about feeding our psychology, it has a lot to do with our, our language. So first, I'll mention I am statements. What follows I am follows us, like Rock Thomas says. And so the words that come after I am are either weakening or strengthening every cell in our body. And most of us are totally unaware of what we're saying, especially after words I am. So we really have to be more mindful of that. Also, when I think of language patterns, we talked about this, of course, but we think about the questions we're asking ourselves. And some questions that I've been asking during COVID, for example, are, how would my highest self respond to this? How would my highest self respond to this? Or what would my highest self do in this situation? And we can replace highest self with whatever version of self we're needing most in that moment. So it could be, how would my strongest self respond to this moment? How would my wisest, how would my most faithful, how would my most confident version of myself respond to this moment? And that puts us more of an empowered identity. Another question I picked up from Brennan Burchard, who needs me to be on my A game today? Who needs me to be a role model? Because again, that puts us an identity of serving and showing up at a higher level. So we have to be aware of whatever we're letting in our mind is feeding our mind. So what are we feeding our mind? What are we feeding our psychology? both with our physiology, our language patterns, but also just with what the stimulus is in our environment and what's around us. I'll briefly mention biology. You know, this is so important and it's, it tends to be something that goes under the radar for a lot of people. You know, I had to learn this one the hard way. There's something called the three C's of change that Brennan Burchard teaches. And the essence is for most people, they don't want to change. They just stay in their conditioning and they keep staying in their conditioning until there's the second C consequence. And unfortunately for me, that was the case with my physical health. I was in pretty good shape, taking pretty good care of myself, but not as much as I should have been. And so I just highly recommend that people take better care of themselves, drink water, eat the right foods, get sleep, exercise, see a nutritionist, really take care of yourself. Don't wait for the consequence. Instead, I recommend the third C of change, which is choice. Choose to take better care of yourself, and in this case, your biology. And when it comes to sociology, you know, I think of what's in our environment, the visual environmental reminders, what's what's around us is constantly feeding our mind as well, too. There's something Brennan also teaches called door triggers, where if there's a certain door that you're used to walking through, whether it's at the office or whether it's at your home, you know, let that be a trigger for who you want to be when you walk through that door, how you want to show up for others when you walk through that door. There's also visual reminders of of putting on your wall things that are going to remind you of what to do with your days. So there's something called win. What's important now that I learned from Hal Elrod. And and so just by being aware of knowing what's most important to do right now, we're more likely going to be heading in the right direction. So if we're clear on our vision and our purpose and our values, well, then we can be more clear on the actions to take in alignment towards that vision and in alignment with our purpose and values. So to affect our behaviors, the idea of being able to regulate yourself, the idea of controlling the stimulus or stimuli that come into our heads, the idea of the language that we use, right? Well, what follows I am follows me was what you said, like that that's so profound, right? What we're telling ourselves. And then of course, our community, right? Who we surround ourselves with. Those are all good insights on how we can be better at making sure that our behaviors, our actions, our habits, you know, are all being established uh, in, a, in a positive direction. Yeah. 
Absolutely. This is why I'm creating my own community with Breakthrough XP, so I can bring the right people into my tribes to grow and learn with as well. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. If you click on the deals link on our podcast page, you'll see some tremendous offers from our podcast sponsors. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.